welcome to the Business Success Club. I want to say welcome, and you are in for a treat in this group. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And on this podcast, what we really want to establish is this. How do hardworking entrepreneurs build profitable and scalable businesses whilst having the freedom and balance to do the other things they love? like family, vacations, sports, fun, adventures, and charity. So let's tune into today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Business Success Show with me, Mac Atram, your business coach. And today I have the pleasure of bringing one of our guests on board. Now, this guy is an expert when it comes to finances, cash flow, and money. We're going to hear more about that in a moment. So stay tune to the business success show and um let me introduce you to him as you can see him on the screen right now and you're listening to him very very shortly he says one of our biggest stresses in life is consistently with the aspect of finances and money now people from all walks of life different income income levels somehow seem to struggle to build wealth and become financially free and most people, most personal finance books talk about the same thing. They say, save a bit of money and don't overspend, stick within your budget. And he has a different twist to all of this. And that's why I've asked him to come onto the show to share with us. It's not just about putting 10% aside and restricting your indulgences and the things that you really want to uh, have. We also know that the number one cause of arguments in relationships is to do with money and finances. So right now, if you want to get your money handled, cash flow handled, personal finances handled, and you want to stop the arguments in the house, you want to listen to Gordon Stein. Gordon, welcome all the way from Cleveland, Ohio. Gordon Stein, thank you for being here on the Business Success Show. You're welcome. Thank you, Mac. A real pleasure to be here and to be joining your show. Fantastic. So let's get going uh, and um, tell us a little bit about more about your entrepreneurial journey, if there is one, and then what led you to actually helping people with personal finances and financial freedom? Yeah, it's interesting. I've uh, always worked in the corporate world. I was there for uh, over 30 years, uh, high tech sales, marketing and operations, but I've always been passionate about personal finances. And um, I always spent a lot of time and a lot of research on it. And I've also always been shocked at really how poor most people's finances are. You know, here in uh, the United States, 64% of people will retire with less than $10,000. Wow. In one of the richest countries in the world, I find that appalling. And, um, you know, I've always been keen to help others with it. And then I came across this discovery of... Um, a really different way of tackling finances. So rather than give things up and come from this, you know, notion of austerity, I think it's a way of doing it, enjoying life, and yet dramatically slashing our monthly cash flow, slashing our bills, but doing it with minimal effort and minimal sacrifice. And that's really the formula. It got started with a discovery of how to get car washes for free, which, you know, saved a, a massive amount of $25 a month. Um, but it was the, the trigger that got me thinking about what else is there. Then I found a way to slash my home alarm monitoring bill by 50%. And then I started making a list. 
And then the list became a spreadsheet. I said, hey, what would these ideas be worth future value to 10 or 20 years if okay. we did some investing? And the numbers were astronomical. And that's how the whole process got started. Then it became the book, Cashflow Cookbook. Wow. Tell us a little bit more about your book, Cashflow Cookbook. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit, a bit more about that. So um, originally was going to write it as a novel, you know, kind of a story of I had some characters lined up and they would, you know, make these discoveries and use these different ideas to free up cash. And it just didn't fit a novel. And I was a bit dejected at that point. And under my breath one day, I said, Jesus, it's really more like a cookbook. <laughs> it is a cookbook. That's exactly what it is. So it became Cashflow Cookbook. And the book, um, it's now in its seventh printing. I'm about to release the United States edition in addition to the Canadian edition, but it can be used in any country. And the whole idea is part one of the book. Um, we're looking over the shoulder of a couple and they start to make these kinds of financial discoveries one by one. And by the end of part one, they freed up a million and a half dollars at retirement. So the couple's 40 years old. They're wow. going to use all these steps that I lay out in the book and you're going to watch them. And as you watch them, you're going to say, the whole way through, I can do that. I can do that. That's not hard. That has no effort. That has no sacrifice. So by the time we're done part one, which is only you know a couple dozen pages long, we've, we've seen their way to free up a million and a half at retirement. Part two is what we call the recipes. So it goes through every possible category of spend with a better way of spending. And so the idea is Take as an example, an electric bill or a gas bill in your house or healthcare bills. So if we were to grind those costs down, what's the impact on our lifestyle? And the answer is nothing. So, you know, you, you go out, you have a great life. I'm heading out to watch the Eagles tonight. And I got pretty much the best seats I can find. Why? Because I love watching the Eagles. They're a fabulous band. But if you were to go take a look at any of my monthly bills, they are absolutely ground down and you want to do it with inventive means. It's not about screaming or haggling or yelling. These are all easy things to implement. It's, it's very intriguing, very intriguing. <clears throat> <laughs> Let me ask you, so I can see you to where, so when you say cookbook, it's about the recipe to financial freedom. It's about the ingredients to use, what to add, what to take away. That's what I'm assuming. That's what a cookbook says to me. Is that right? That's exactly it. So if you take any given recipe, we'll talk a little bit about that spending category. It could be college expenses for your children. It could be prescription drug costs. Whatever the recipe is, it covers every aspect of your life, housing, transportation, food, lifestyle, household, and financial. Those are the major categories. Just like a recipe book might have poultry, lamb, salads, and desserts. So we're broken into categories. And each of those categories, there's 10 specific recipes. And they tell you exactly how to lower these costs. And then it gives you a couple of scenarios. So what I call a hearty serving might be a family who has a house and a cottage and two cars and a lot of cell phones. Or it might be what I call a light serving. And so someone who's a single person might read this. Maybe they're living in an apartment and they're going to get ideas. And I'll show you the math of what it might save for each of those people and project those in that cash flow invested out for 10 or 20 years. So you can actually see what's this going to be worth to me monthly. Mm -hmm. And then if I can invest it, what will it grow to? And so I would, I would say that 
literally anyone read the book would be able to find a way, minimal effort, minimal sacrifice, to add a million dollars to their wealth at retirement. And when I do public speaking, that's the premise is I'm going to show you how to do that in a one hour talk. And that's exactly what I deliver. Well, I, I can deliver it as a talk and I do a lot of public speaking on the book. And in an hour, I can show people exactly how to do that. Fantastic. Well, let me let me throw this at you. How can an average person move from where they are, where things financially are not going great and become financially free in a few short years? Great question. So in the book, I lay out a number of specific steps and they're easy and it carries the a lot of cooking puns throughout the book. So the first step is what I call broil a bill. So you take a monthly recurring bill and you broil it. In other words, you reduce it down. So just give you an example. There's um, websites that exist in every country, certainly in Canada and the US, as well as other countries that have looked at, where you can go online and compare, let's take car insurance. Mm. So here in the United States, it takes about 15 minutes to enter your car and driver information. You can sit with a glass of wine and do it at your desk or on a a couch. And in 15 minutes, you'll get quotes. And in my scenario where I've got, you know, two drivers and two cars, the swing was about $350 a month from the most expensive provider to the least expensive provider. And so you can go ahead and make that shift, including changing providers. You can have the whole recipe complete in half an hour. And now what next question is, what do you do with, let's say, the $200 a month that you're going to save? Well, if you've got high interest debt, credit cards, I would focus on paying that down. If you don't have an emergency fund, maybe for a little while you want to siphon that off. Or what most people would do is apply that to their investments with their financial advisor to grow their wealth. And that's where it really starts to kick into gear. And that's just one recipe. It took us a half an hour. We freed up $200. Just about everybody who has car insurance can do that and free up $100 that's just one recipe. We're just getting started. My goodness, that's just only one area. And by decreasing these expenses and reinvesting them somewhere else, that's going to eventually over the next two years, three years, four years, five years, 10 years, whatever, you'll be heading towards financial freedom and never look back. Okay, good. Carry on, you was going to say something? Yeah. And you know, and the key thing is we haven't given anything up. So I've changed my car insurance provider. I'm going to line up to make sure it has the same, you know, liability coverage and comprehensive and all the rest of it. Yeah, I I didn't do anything. So we're going to go through and broil all of those bills. And how do you do it? Um, I was quite surprised when I did the research, because every one of these categories has a different approach. There's different websites that can help us in our journey. In some cases, it's a different way of thinking about an expense. Got lots of examples if we wanted to get into them. So we're going to go and do all of that across all of our bills. Right. And then I think another thing that's so key is to really, well, right away, we want to savor the savings. So rather than just let it soak in our checking account, it's going to get siphoned off somewhere for sure. We want to apply that, want to savor the savings right away, commit that money to increasing a mortgage payment or paying down a credit card or investing. Right. The next big thing that I think makes a huge difference is a bit psychological and a bit practical. A lot of people will do budgeting and I've never seen a marriage that got enhanced by people doing budgeting. (laughs) So it's a, it's a recipe to start a fight or maybe worse. So Uh what I think is better is we want to separate our monthly recurring bills 
and have those paid out of one checking account automatically. Okay. And that just leaves our discretionary in the other account. So now it's much, much easier to manage. You're far less likely to have overdraft. And in many cases, you can eliminate the need to actually budget because as an individual or as a couple, you know how much money is going into that discretionary account every month. You can yeah. keep an eye on it. And you don't have a situation where you buy something on the 27th of the month, the mortgage payment and the cell phone bill comes out on the 28th. Right. And now you're overdraft, much easier to measure. And then with all those bills in one account, you've got a target on each of those bills and you want to drive all of those downward. Wow, what a simple, what a simple strategy. Now that, what a simple strategy. And, and I'll be amazed how many people don't follow such a simple strategy. And worry well, about, is there going to be enough money at the end of the, <laughs> enough money at the end of the month? Wow, good. Well, the whole thing is, the whole thing is simple. It's interesting when you said, I wonder how many people I was taking a look at mortgages and in the United States, 77% of people look at one mortgage option. Can you imagine? You're about to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a house or yeah. more. Yeah. You're going to do the financing. Typically, you're going to pay for that house two or three fold over the course of the mortgage because of the interest. And, and only, you know, what is that? 23% of people are going to go and shop that around. And those stats are similar for every category we buy. If you picture a typical person, you go to the doctor hmm. and you get a prescription, let's say, and maybe you have a chronic situation. My case is I take a statin pill for cholesterol. So I got to take these for the rest of my life. I walked out of the doctor and I went to the pharmacy that's right there. That's what most of us do. And, you know, you hand in the prescription, you get the pills, you take out your credit card off. Everyone knows that's how it works. Right. Well, I didn't do that because the bill was $108 a month for the rest of my life. I didn't accept it. I said, geez, that's a little expensive. Pharmacist said, why don't you get one of our drug cards? And the price drops to $68 a month from $108. And the card was $20 a year. And I thought, wow. what a genius. So I'm thinking, great, right? I'm a genius. Yeah, so yeah. I was out with my brother-in-law. I told him the story. And he was just shaking his head. He said, no, no. He says, you want to go to one of the online providers. So I looked up the one he recommended. Look at the price for the pills, $13 a month. So I go from 108 to 68. Remember, this is every month for the rest yeah. of my life. Yeah. To 13. And then I thought, geez, there's got to be more if it's dropping this quickly. And sure enough, I found an online provider. So my pills get delivered to my house every month mm -hmm. for a grand total, including postage, of $7. I never leave my chair. Wow. And now, if I'm going to go to a concert, I'll splurge and get great tickets. But my cholesterol pills, I'd rather pay seven than 108 a month. So, where you have saved money, you can either then invest that amount or actually treat yourself because you deserve it because the money is there for you to do it. Not, yeah. Okay, great. So, let me ask you something. Yeah. One of the things you talk about, and I'm loving this, by the way, is. Uh -huh showing people and teaching people how to add an extra 1 million to their wealth. So how can, it, um, how can someone do that? Add an extra $1 million, pounds, whatever you want to call it, to yep. their wealth? It's, it's really remarkably simple. So when I do all the math in the book, I use uh, a growth rate of 7%. And, you know, when I'm done speaking, I always have a horde of people asking me questions. The most common one comes up every time. People say, how do you get 7% return on your money? Because my bank is only paying 
Zero point three percent. That's right. That's and right. The answer is uh, you don't leave your money in the bank. You want to get that money invested. Mm-hmm. You can invest in businesses. You can invest in the stock market, rare art, whatever you think makes sense, or whatever your financial advisor, if you have a good one, is going to recommend. Yeah. If you did nothing but just invest in the S and P five hundred in the U.S., the overall stock market index, it's grown on average by ten percent since since its inception. Wow. So. You kind of have to screw it up to not get the 10%. And remember, that's through 9-11, that's through COVID, that's through wars, through all of the rest of it. What's the market going to do next month? I have no idea. But over the long haul, and we're playing here for the long haul, it's going to grow. And that's what Warren Buffett bets on. So really, the formula is pretty simple. If I use that number of 7%, yeah. if I can find $400 a month, and we can do it very easily. The book has $13,000 a month. Get $400 a month for 40 years at 7%. That'll get you a million dollars. Okay. Got it. Yes. Now, 20-year-olds say, oh, you know, 40 years, I'm going to be 60. And my answer to them is, I am 60. i got a lot of life left in me. I'm playing the guitar. I'm ski racing. I'm running, you know. Um, and we, I can assure you, when you're 60, you'd rather have the million dollars than not have the million dollars. And people who are 40, I'd remind them when you get to 80, you're going to want the money then too, because you're going to have expenses when you're 80, but have healthcare expenses, right? So, but the numbers can change too. It could be a shorter amount of time with a bigger savings. Everyone's different, but it's there. And and the sooner you start doing that, the better, right? Then there's no right time. The sooner you start doing that, the better. That's what I would say. So great, great point there, Gordon. Gordon. I'm imagining two people arguing. They're at home, they're arguing. Stress has kicked in. They've never been trained in financial management, cash management, personal finance. One person thinks they're right, the other person thinks they're right. And how do you how can you help them to decrease the stress within that relationship? Because clearly it's not working and the issue is money. Mm-hmm. Happens quite a bit. So I think there's a few steps that can really help for couples. I think one is this business of separating the bills from the discretionary two accounts. So when the paychecks come in, have the money diverted, what you need to pay those recurring bills, mortgages, taxes, insurance, whatever, and the rest fits in the discretionary. Then, and you have enough that's going into a, let's call it a noble source. So by grinding down the bills, we're going to free up X hundred dollars a month. And that money is going to go to a good cause, i.e. paying the mortgage down faster, greater investments, whatever. Then what's going to go into that discretionary account? It's just that. It's the discretionary account. You've already covered the bills over here. Mm -hmm. You already have your investments working for you over here. You're already going to divert 10% or more of your gross household income into into investing and building wealth. Mm -hmm. So what's left is discretionary. And you know what you do with that? Whatever you want. So all you have to do is not run that monthly account out. And so then, you know, the couple's going to need to have a couple of talks, maybe two or maybe three talks over the course of the month. Hey, what's important to you? Well, my winter coat's in tatters. Or you know what? We've been talking about a vacation. What's our plan to save up? And you just know you just have to work in that one pot. So it becomes dramatically easier. So that's another tool. Third one I think is really key is to start tracking wealth sometimes called net worth, but I hate the term. Mm-hmm. If my only net worth is the money I die with, then I have been a big failure in life. So wealth, what do you own? 
minus what you owe. And I like the idea that couples do that piece of math in a spreadsheet or on a cocktail napkin. I like the idea of doing it every month for a year because now it brings focus into the picture. So let's say that, you know, a car, a vehicle finally packs it in. If you're just tracking your budget, the car salesperson will say, hey, we can fit in a brand new whatever in your budget. And it's a 75 month loan. You can fit anything into a budget, but your wealth number doesn't lie. So now that you're tracking your wealth, you're going to think about it very differently. You're going to say, hey, could we just run with the one car or do we have to get a brand new one? What if it's two years old? And given that car prices are exorbitant right now from COVID and supply chain, could we wait a year to replace the car when the prices for sure are going to be falling back down again? So all your decisions start to change. And the couple's looking at that wealth number. They're going to say, hey, we want to retire at this time. We want to retire early and we want to go to Nepal and build schools there. Mm. Or we want to make bigger charitable contributions. Or we just want to relax and have fun and play our instruments at 45. But everything can come from that wealth number so they don't have a common goal. Wow. Okay. That's, that's, I get it. That's, that's very, very important. Is that what you mean by tracking the most important number to track? Is that, is that the thing you're talking about? Mm-hmm in your talks, then the most important number to track. Okay, got it. Yeah, and the answer for most people is they'd say my budget. But you could track your budget and you could make your budget every month for 30 years and you retire and you say, oh, I don't think we have enough money. So if you want a budget budget, I think you can simplify it like we've been talking about to reduce or maybe even eliminate the need to budget. But yeah. that wealth number is critical because that's the number you're going to look at when you hit 60 or 50 or 70 and you want to change your life. Fantastic work. Great, great input, by the way. What are the most, um, from your research, Gordon, what are some of the most important areas um, that you've uncovered, you know, from a savings point of view or from a cash management point of view, what are some of the most important areas uh, for your research? I would say the biggest ones, if you look at it as a percentage of budget, um, I would say housing, transportation, and food tend to eat up a massive chunk of a budget. So those are the areas I would definitely start with. And that's the three sections in cash flow cookbook. It starts with exactly those housing, three areas. Housing, transportation, and food. Yes. Huge. Okay. Yeah, big. And then within them, some of them are really quite interesting. So you know, a lot of people will say, oh, food, you know, let's start clipping coupons and driving to four different grocery stores. And remember, Cashflow Cookbook, website and book, it's all about minimal effort, minimal sacrifice. I don't want to drive to three grocery stores. That sounds painful to me. And I don't want to start clipping coupons. And I'm not going to make my own household cleaning products. And I'm not going to put tinfoil on the windows like a lot of finance books suggest. That stuff is crazy to me. Mm. Here's what I would do. On food, I would go to the grocery store, and this is what I do, and you sign up for their loyalty card. So every time I go to the grocery store, this is really effortful, I scan my card when they're checking out my groceries. And at the chain that I go to, at the bottom of my bill, every time I shop or my wife shops, um, it shows how much we've saved by having the loyalty card over the last rolling 12 months. And for us, we're just a couple, so we're empty nesters. The, what it says is right now is about $1,250. There's $100 a month. It took me 10 minutes, a one-time thing, and another five seconds to flash my card every time I buy. Those are the financial recipes I like. So there's, we talked about $400 a month for 40 years. There's my first 100. 
wow. horribly effortful, right? <laughs> so that's the kind of thing. Wow, simple, effortless, anyone can do. But I presume for some people, it takes a, a, a certain amount of discipline. Would you say so? Or, you know, some people are just frivolous, whether you like it or not, they will, they, 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 they will just, that's their behavior. That's their habit. Is there are any techniques or anything you would say to those people, especially if they build in their future for wealth? What would you say? Yeah, it's, it's a great point. I think the first one is, um, it's two part, two parts to that question. It's a really good question, Mac. Yeah. The first one is, Hey, I don't have the time or the effort to do the things that are in cash flow cookbook. Yeah. And to that, I say nonsense. If you look at the stats on the average number of hours of TV that people watch in a week, mm-hmm. everybody has lots of time. You're going to miss a few episodes of a show. You'll be okay. So, you know, it's 10 minutes on the car insurance. It might take you half an hour on the home insurance, another 15 minutes to sign up for your groceries. Everybody has the time. So that covers all of those recurring bills that we've talked about. Now, the other part you're talking about is kind of those uh, spur of the moment purchases and you know you get caught away and um shopping psychologists uh tell us that what happens is a few things one is once you start buying you're going to keep buying once you get the credit card cracked open and you get rolling in a mall um it's going to be a problem so a few things make a difference first of all getting some sense of your financial goals where do you want that wealth number to be and what's the ultimate goal? You want to retire early? What do you want to do? So now that gets us focused on what it is we want to do. And I think it starts to change our whole headspace. It's like gamification, but we switch from, you know, the marketers doing functional MRIs now on our brains to figure out what are the triggers to make us buy. There's store trackers in a store to figure out our path through the store. Yeah. You can't win against that. So all, they've got more and more sophisticated every year. We don't have any incremental tools. Mm. So the best way I think is to stay out, stay out of the malls. If you need something, you know, if your uh, if your blue sweater uh, gets a hole in it, you need a new blue sweater. You go on Amazon and get your sweater. You know, it, you know, clothing is another whole thing. You know, just spend a second on that. Go ahead. Study after study, we only ever wear twenty percent of the clothing that we buy. <laughs> just think about it. Right. And when you say that, people say, well, that that can't be right. Think about it. So let's say I've got a big presentation to do. I'm going to go into my closet. Which outfit am I going to grab? The one that makes me look too boxy? The one where I look a little heavy? The one where the sleeves are a little bit too short, but I got it on sale? Those are staying in the closet. I'm never going to wear them because I never want to look anything less than my best. Same of anyone else. So clothing is a great one to start shopping more mindfully. Mm-hmm. We've all had the experience, you know, you go find this fabulous deal on a pair of black dress shoes and you're all excited because what a deal on their designer brand. And then you get them home, you go to put them in your closet and you go, ooh, I already had almost the same pair of black dress shoes because you weren't shopping mindfully. You weren't shopping for what you need. So I think there's lots of tricks. We talk about more of those uh, in Cashflow Cookbook, but that's a starter kit of things for people to think about on those discretionary spends. Awesome. I mean, I've, I've been enjoying this conversation. It's so, so important. Such an important topic for all people, uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals as well. So for those who want to know more, learn more from you or learn more about the cash flow cookbook, 
what is the best way, Gordon, for them to get hold of it or get hold of you? Sure. So a great place to start is on my website, which is cashflowcookbook.com. It's got a bunch of things. There's blog posts on there, which have ideas that aren't even in the book. The website's free and you can subscribe to it. So you get the blog posts all the time. There's no spam. I don't send your data offshore someplace. It just stays with me. It's between you and I and maybe two or three or four blog posts a month. There's ingredients in there, ingredients, financial ingredients. And these are websites and providers that can give you services, typically free, that can really help. So car insurance providers, cell phone provider comparison tools, medical bill comparison uh, sites, all of these kinds of things that can really help. That's on there. Then there's another section called utensils, and that'll help you find tools with your finances. So that's the website. The book you can get on Amazon. Um, you can buy it worldwide on Amazon. There's a Canadian edition and a U.S. edition, but either of those two editions will work in really any country. You'll get the principles. You may have to look for some local tools. So those are a couple of places you can get started. And from the website, feel free to reach out to me. You'll see my contact info on there. Superb. Gordon, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I want to say thank you for sharing your expertise, your knowledge, and helping people with an area that most people need help with, but they don't know where to turn. And the bank manager is not going to show them. It's not in their interest. So, um, so I want to say thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for your input. And for all our listeners and all our watchers here, I want to say, listen, subscribe, go to cashflowcookbook.com and reach out to Gordon, check out this book and see how that can help you to change your financial situation and ultimately become even more wealthy, at least become financially free using those recipes and ingredients that are in the book. So I would say like this uh, particular conversation, share it with your friends, share it with your colleagues, and also subscribe where you need to be and follow what we're doing so we can bring you more awesome interviews from experts just like Gordon. Thank you, Gordon. Any last words, Gordon, before we uh, wrap up? I think that's it. Your financial future is there and it's easy to cook up a really positive one for yourself. So love to work with all of you. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Gordon, until we speak again, I want to say thank you for your time and energy again and bless you in everything you're doing. Until we speak again, bye for now. Thank you. Thanks. Man.